0: plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Party time. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, a 501c3 to empower women, families and youth. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America channel, where we hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star imagining your dreams as if they have already transpired because I am a true believer that you are the writer, the producer, the director, and the star of your own life. So let's make your movie a great one. The Miracle Moment for today is from G.K. Chesterton. Why be something to everybody when you can be everything to Somebody, I think that is going to be a great segue into what our show is about today. But first of all, I just want you to know that Be The Star You Are is doing Operation Disaster Relief. Please visit org to help with hurricanes and Fires. So I am really excited in segment two. Lee Wind will be joining us. His book debuted just yesterday. And it is something that we really should all be paying attention to. What if you knew a secret from history that could change the world? The book is Queer as a $5 Bill. And he crowdfunded this, and we will be talking to Lee in segment two, so make sure to tune up the volume and to stay tuned. In segment three, fall is the prime home selling season, and the demand for real estate has just been skyrocketing, but I'll help you set your home apart from others with a few upgrades that can make all the difference. You can discover repairs and refurbishments that are going to put money in your pocket, If you are going to sell but right now there are approximately 40 million family caregivers over the age of 55 who are providing an average of 30 hours a week to a family member and 15 million of these caregivers are providing care to people with dementia or with Alzheimer's so How does one research sources and resources to get the information that you need to be of assistance? There was an ARP study published in 2015 that stated family caregivers are absolutely overwhelmed and they're untrained. And how can you relate to this? it's almost a full-time job and many of these caregivers of that 40 million that i just spoke about they might be still working as well so they're doing two full-time jobs is that you well we have to think about it because this when they ha- when you're the caregiver and the person you're giving care to has dementia or alzheimers or any kind of um Illness that is long lasting, it can be a very, very large commitment, and often that person actually needs twenty four seven attention because of safety and impaired judgment. So it's an understatement of the real stress that is on a family. That um, to say that they can take full responsibility for the care. It's challenging to protect the safety of someone who doesn't think that help is needed and who possibly is fighting every suggestion. Family members could really benefit immensely by seeking some training and learning some tips on communicating with someone who has dementia. Recent caregiver research says that caregivers spend 25% of their time on items like Shopping, appointments, cooking, assisting with personal care, helping with daily money management, you know, medical uh, appointments and a variety of other things like home repairs or even assisting with technology issues. However, what really struck me was that caregivers were spending an average of 13 hours every month just researching resources or trying to find information to help their family member or the illness that the family member has that's a lot of time 13 hours that is so much time because especially if you're working another job or you have young children or you have other commitments in your community or church or whatever so how do you make decisions about what services to use what healthcare advice to follow the internet seems to be the first place that family search i mean in it You know, it's not so long ago, just like 20-something years ago, that we didn't even have the Internet to help us with searching. And that meant going to the library or going to medical facilities. So, But what pops up first in your search are all the organizations and services that have paid ads. So we really have to be careful because then you move down to the organic results of your exploring and you're going to find organizations that provide service or advice you are seeking as they have not just purchased a keyword that sends anyone who puts dementia, for example, into the search bar. And it might be exactly what you've been looking for, but nine times out of 10, those listed first are a related service and not the expert you were hoping to find. So these are just a few tips in searching for senior or elder care services on the internet. First of all, has the company been in business for more than five years? That's crucial. You want someone that is tried and true. Second, are they led by professionals related to what you need for your family members? Third, do they take referral fees from places that might find for you possibly compromising your objectivity? You don't want that. Do the professionals that work for the company belong to a profession that has a code of ethics and a standard of practice? You want that. Do they give back to the community with, for example, education or donations or volunteering? Do they have liability insurance? Bonding is one of the extremely limited in its application. So you want to make sure that they have a very good general liability policy. And if you were not referred by another professional, can you talk to one of their current clients? Now, that may not be able to happen because of privacy issues, but you could at least find out and ask. And how do they support the entire family? Do they help the family with education, support groups, counseling? If you want to save a lot of time and headaches in searching for services, schedule an appointment with a skilled and experienced aging life care manager with backgrounds in social work, counseling, nursing and related fields and if the issue is dementia or Alzheimer's you definitely want your healthcare professional to give the recommendation and schedule an appointment with that person that has been recommended. You have to turn your feelings of being overwhelmed into peace of mind because you need some excellent navigation from an expert and that only works for you uh, with in, you're going to get some unbiased, truthful advice and some direction. You can also take classes and educate yourself. There are elder care services that, um, that offer classes. There might be classes actually at a community center. You, um, you might also be able to find someone uh, you know, anywhere in the country through a national network and through a professional care management organization. One, uh, one place that I can give you to recommend is eldercareanswers.com. So hopefully that will be helpful to you because family caregivers are overwhelmed and untrained. And if it is a child... Oh, that you are seeking help with, make sure that you talk to the pediatrician. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and when we come back from break, we will have Lee Wind with us, and we'll be discovering his road to being an author and launching his newest book, Queer as a $5 Bill. Stay with me. Don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network.
0: Be the star you are, the star you are. Star- Follow us
2: on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment
0: Now, back to the Power Party. This business of
1: show business is Well, we are having a party because we have a special guest, a true pioneer on the planet. Today with me, his name is Lee Wind. He is the founding blogger and publisher of I'm Here, I'm Queer, and What the Hell Do I Read? It's an award-winning website. It has, uh, talks about books and culture and empowerment. For lesbian, gay, bi, trans, questioning, and queer youth, and all of the people who support them, and he has readers from a hundred plus countries, and has racked up over two point five million page views and counting. Lee is with me. He is also one of the um, the uh, directors of the independent book publishing. Um, Association, and he'll tell you more about that. But welcome, Lee Nguyen, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
3: Hi, thank you so much, Cynthia. I'm delighted to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited. You said that you have a Clark Kent job because you become, your your superhero job is writing, you want to empower kids and teens, and then you have another job where you are empowering uh, authors and publishers, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. It's interesting how it seems that, you know, outside the few gigantic best-selling authors that are household names, um, generally people need a day job, and uh, you know, far from that being something to be ashamed of, it, it's, it's something to sort of Im- accept and embrace. Uh, there's a, a great book on on creativity by um, the author of Eat Pray Love, uh, and she talks about how. Um, you know, at demanding your creativity pay the bills is not being very kind to your creativity. Uh, and, I love uh,
1: that, you know, because that is so that is so true. I mean, I really, you're exactly right about it's only the major, major people that we hear their names every day. And it doesn't matter whether you're a New York Times bestselling author or Wall Street Journal or Amazon or any of that. It usually doesn't pay the bills. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and, and, and I think it's sort of like a, 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 it's, it's, it's perceived as a bit of a secret, right? Like people don't really know it and they think, oh, author is such a glamorous life. And there's a lot that's amazing about being an author, but it doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with yachts and caviar. Uh-
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. In fact, I'll, I will just interject because my eighth book just launched. It's interesting. It was once I hit the New York Times bestseller list, it seemed like my income dropped, Because all of a sudden people thought you were the mega rich and now they wanted everything for free. So it's a rather interesting conundrum. I'm not sure if it happens with the Academy Award winners too. But I know sometimes winning an Academy Award means you won't work for years. So let's, let's talk about your book. Congratulations. Queer is a $5 bill. It is It's such a great book because it's going to help so many um, LGBTQ teens and others as well. So I want to get into it right away because your tagline is, what if you knew a secret from history that could change the world? And the secret that you found out, I had never heard about either. And so, of course, I had to do research on it. And I don't think there is any question about Abraham Lincoln and, and Joshua. Why don't you tell us about Joshua Fry Speed and the relationship he had with Abraham Lincoln and how it sparked your resolve to write the book that you really needed to read when you were a teen?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I joke that, you know, if I had had a time machine, I would have gone back in time to tell myself when I was 15 years old. But I went to a talk uh, back in 2010, and uh, this gentleman, Randy Harrison, was talking about these letters that Abraham Lincoln had written to Joshua Fry speed, and uh, letters that convinced him and a bunch of other people that Abraham was in love with Joshua. And I was like, that cannot be true. That Abraham That's Lincoln true. being in love with another guy, that just seems like a bridge too far.
1: Right, and, exactly.
3: And but but I was I just couldn't get it out of my mind, and I, I went to the library and I got a, a bunch of different books, uh, about, uh, including like the the complete works of Abraham Lincoln, and I read the letters. and I, I'm gay, and I didn't come out as a gay man until I was in my twenties. And so I spent a long time, high school, college, grad school, dating girls and. Sort of judging that it was the right thing to do, but not feeling it, and I kept hoping the feelings that I, the society told me were going to should be there would come, but they never they never arrived, and then I finally got honest with myself and with others, and um, and and my life really transformed once I was no longer hiding who I was, and once I was my authentic self, and and that really has become my mission. Like, what can I do to empower? teens, all teens, but especially LGBTQ teens, to be authentic now and not have to waste all those years like I wasted. So when I uh, got these uh, these books from the library, there was a letter that Abraham and Joshua had lived together for four years in Springfield, Illinois, and they shared a bed. They lived above a general store. That That is absolutely not in dispute. Um... After four Well, years,
1: and and you probably should throw in in those day in those days too. It wasn't uncommon, I guess, for people to share beds, right?
3: And definitely but not for four years, say, <laughs> right? And historians do say, well, that it was uh, it was very common on the frontier. And I think we get into this thing, like you know, CSI history. Like if you say that uh, you know a famous person was in love with another fa- with a famous person was in love with a man, uh, Lincoln was in love with Joshua Fry Speed. Everyone's like, show me the DNA evidence. And I, I think that's the wrong. Question: It's not about you know what they did in that bed. It's more like, did Abraham love Joshua? And if he did, if they if they were gay, um, how would how did that change history? How did it maybe change? Lincoln's perception of outsiders. How did it change how he views slaves? Um, mm-hmm. How did it how did it impact his relationship with Mary? We know a lot about that relationship, but we don't understand why it was so fraught and difficult. And and or his depressions, uh, his being gay answers a lot of those questions. But the amazing thing I found was that there was this one letter. Joshua moved to Kentucky and married a woman named Fanny after the four years of living with Abraham, and. Uh, Eight months later, Abraham writes Joshua a letter. And in the letter, there's this one line. And it says, are you now in feeling as well as judgment, glad that you're married as you are? For anybody but but me, this would be an impudent question not to be tolerated, but I know you'll tolerate it for me. And he ends the letter saying, please tell me quickly. I feel very impatient to know. Mm -hmm. And we don't have the response, but we do know it was only like four weeks later that Abraham married Mary Todd. So I read that letter and I got goosebumps all up my arms and my back. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly how I felt." And then and,
1: and hadn't uh, hadn't Abraham Lincoln called off his or left Mary at the altar months before?
3: Well, actually, yeah, it was almost a full year before. A year and, before, yeah. And yeah. and the amazing thing is that That's so interesting. it was there's this thing called the fatal first. The 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 day Abraham Lincoln called off the wedding and plunged into this giant depression, and historians don't really have an explanation as to why this happened. However, it was the exact same week that Joshua told Abraham he was moving to Kentucky and leaving, you know, leaving, leaving him alone in Springfield. So when you That's start to David. look, and there's all this circumstantial evidence of like, oh my gosh, maybe they really were in love. And I, I don't have to. I, my goal is not to convince the world that Abraham was in love with Joshua Fry Speed. I, I, feel like I, I, I love this book by Anne Lamott called Bird by Bird, and she was talking about how lighthouses don't run all over and lie them looking for boats to save. They just sort of stand there and they shine. And so I feel that way about, about what I'm talking about. Like, I don't, I don't need to convince anybody, but I found this amazing thing about history. And I, I'm not like Indiana Jones discovering some secret diaries somewhere. And this is in books in practically every library in the whole country. There's a complete works of Abraham Lincoln. Everybody can go and see these letters and and make their own decision, make their own determination. Do they believe it or not? but what i think is so interesting is that we don't teach this sort of thing in schools right. we don't teach the questions and we teach history as this exploits of rich white straight cisgendered able-bodied men and we we present that that that's the only thing important and it's there are the stories of women and disabled people and people of color and lgbtq people in history but we kinda hide them when when they're significant and we just d- disappear them when when, it's, when we can get away with it or when, and when I think you know, the
1: question too is really and truly what difference does it make who Abraham Lincoln or any other person from history who they loved? It makes absolutely zero. You right. know, it, doesn't having,
3: impact, it doesn't impact their historical significance or No, or significance it might have impacted
1: the, it might have impacted their tolerance. Their, um, their kindness, their soulfulness, you know, the fact that they were more embracing of other people. And I've always thought that history, you know, his story, because uh-huh. I actually majored in his story. And I think, hey, what happened to her story? Absolutely. <laughs> their, story, their story. You know, I mean, I, there's three. I've always been told there were three sides to every story. And it's yours, mine, and the truth. And I'm not so sure that history is ever truthful. But uh, this to me in your book, Queer as a $5 Bill, I found it just, I had never heard any of this. And I do think it's important to open our minds to what is the possibility.
3: Thank We're speaking you.
1: with Lee Wind. He is the author of Queer as a $5 Bill. His website, leewind.org or by the book, leewindbook.com. You can do that. But, Lee, let's talk about your characters, because in the book, uh, you have a 15-year-old character named Wyatt, who he lives in this town that is uh, dedicated to Lincoln with a family that has created this bed and breakfast of Lincoln slept here. They even have a bed that supposedly Lincoln slept in, but, I mean, it turns out that it, that may not have been their <laughs> their actual bed. But you know what was interesting to me is he's 15, he thinks he's gay or perhaps just is closeted, but like you did as a teen, he, you know, he starts to date his best friend, and it's kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm, was that, yeah. Did you pattern Wyatt a bit on your teen years?
3: Yes, very much so. I feel like I mean, I feel like every character is me in the book somehow, through some strange alchemy. but um but definitely. I, I mean, uh, what's important to share is that it's not a historical novel. It, it is a novel about a kid today that finds out these letters and he is optimistic and like I was. and and I think I still am. But he has this idea that since everyone reveres Lincoln so much, if he can tell the world that Lincoln was in love with another guy, um, it will change how everybody feels For about see. gay people. And it'll you know, cue the rainbows and the singing birds and the happy ending. And what happens in the book is what I actually think would happen in real life is that it just blows up into a gigantic media f- firestorm and there's such a conservative backlash. Um, and he is... Sort of having the world crumble around him, and uh, they're going to lose the family bread and breakfast, and they bring in a civil rights attorney to help. And she has an openly gay son, african american and um and the boys have this sort of spark between them uh, of romance, but why can't doesn't feel he can do anything about it because, a gay kid saying Lincoln was gay is very different than a straight kid saying maybe Lincoln was gay and yeah, so he, he tries
1: to stay straight or perceived straight as long as possible.
3: Right because he 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 has to decide like is he going to be authentic to himself or is he going to try to change the world? And I love that big theme of like how to how do you change the world? Like how does a how does a teenager change the world? Because that's that's the, that essence it feels to me more true than truth, uh, like more more true than uh, not nonfiction. I think somehow fiction you can get to these emotional truths that maybe a nonfiction book, which is more dry and straightforward, doesn't get to.
1: I really liked that. The, there's a scene in your book, and again, the book is Queer as a $5 Bill. What if you knew a secret from history that could change the world by Lee Wind, leewind.org or leewindbook.com is um, when Wyatt finally decides to share that he's gay and nothing falls down. I mean, his parents don't go crazy. I mean, it's accepting. And then he tries to kiss Martin. And Martin pushes him away and says wait a minute what are you doing and you're not going to what you just want to kiss the first gay guy (laughs) that you see (laughs) and I really had a chuckle with that because that was like such all of a sudden he was free and he finally felt that he could express himself Uh, but but you know you have to kind of wait I mean it, it it doesn't mean just because you're gay that you go in You know, have a relation with anybody else who's gay. You're still a person. So I thought that was was such a great moment. It was very subtle, but so great. Well, Ali, I want to ask you, because this to me was amazing. You actually, you are the publisher and the author on this. Of course, you had a huge team of people that worked on it. But you did some crowdfunding so that you... Not only could publish this book, but you wanted to donate. Uh, I think what you donated like eight hundred or a thousand copies to LGBTQ and allied teens. Tell us about that journey.
3: Oh yeah, thank you. Um, it, it, I, the book has always felt to me more like a mission and and not just a not just a, a great story. Uh, I wanted to write like a page turner. That would be a great story, but also it, it's based on this real thing from history. And and in the book, every time there's a direct quote from Lincoln, it's in bold. It's it's the only thing that's bold in the book. And then there's actually an endnote section, which is really unusual for a novel. <laughs> but I wanted people to be able to backtrack and to actually look it up and and find it themselves.
1: Right. It and helped so- a lot. It was the resources so that people would you know wouldn't just poo poo this. They would know this really has backbone.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and I just I when I when I realized that traditional publishing wasn't going to step in and say like yes, we're ready to publish this. It just felt too controversial. I was like, "Okay, you know what? I have I've been blogging for for almost 11 years. I I have a a, a big community. Let me do like a barn raising and let's all come together, but I didn't want it to just be Hey, help Lee publish Lee's book for Lee to feel good that Lee has a book out. It wasn't about me. I, I needed to figure out, well, how do I make it about teens? And I thought, okay, what if, you know, I, I set aside the amount of money I need to publish the book professionally, and that's paying all the people, the copy editor, the designer, all, all, the whole team.
1: Everyone That's, that needs to be paid, right.
3: Right. And then add some really big number that I would donate to LGBTQ and allied teams. And I teamed up with a nonprofit called Camp Brave Trails. They were awesome. And they, cause I don't know 400 teens. Uh, and, <laughs> and they they said, yes, we'll work with you. And so that was the goal. The, the Kickstarter goal was to raise, I think it was $10,500. And it was to publish the book professionally and give away 400 copies. And we funded in six days, but the Kickstarter went on for 34, sorry, for 30 days. So um, at the end of the 30 days, we had actually raised enough money to give away 810 copies and uh we had 182 backers
1: thanks that, yeah it, that is just really amazing and you have uh, you have acknowledged the backers you know which i think is really terrific too is is that's an amazing thing that people just got on board and it's not were they were they people you knew or just total strangers uh
3: i was related to two of them uh <laughs> My dad and my brother. But uh, outside that, it was uh, um, 180 people, uh, about, I would say, 50 of them I knew. And then the rest were people that were connected through different um, communities. Uh, So that was really exciting to see. I mean, it's always shocking when someone you don't know is like, yes, I believe in what you're doing. (laughs) But again, I have profiles on social media and I have a bunch of people following me on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. So um, that helps a lot. And, And then they also, you know, Camp Brave Chills, they sent out the word to their communities and it was really about building it. And because it wasn't just about me, it was really about, hey, this is a way to empower teens, then... I think that helped people get on board and get excited. Well,
1: I think, though, I should backtrack because the real reason, well, I don't want to say the real reason, but one of the reasons you ended up crowdfunding is that you went to publishers and publishers thought your book was too controversial. They didn't want to publish something like this. Am I right?
3: Yeah, I, there was actually, when I was researching the novel, there was so much evidence that kept coming up about Abraham and Joshua, and I thought, well, I can't cram this all into a novel, so maybe there's another book that's actually a nonfiction book for young readers that has, like, the letters and, and has maybe uh, commentary, like those old pop-up videos, like little... Right, but there um,
1: wasn't, right? But, there wasn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so so that book actually sold to one of the major publishers four years ago, and it, it was actually mo- not just about Lincoln and Speed. It was called the Queer History Project, No Way They Were Gay. And it was 15 chapters, five Men Who Love Men, five women who loved women, and five people who lived outside gender boundaries in history. And one of the Men Who Love Men chapters was Lincoln and Speed. Um it sold, uh everything was going great. We worked for two years. The book was uh going into copy editing. We were talking cover design and then our current president was elected and two weeks later we got the call that they absolutely could no longer publish the book. Um they kind of got cold feet. They were afraid it was gonna be too controversial. It was Actually, really hard. But, that's but,
1: very hard. But how, but how beautiful the way that you rallied. You didn't give up. You knew you were on a mission. Because there are many other people throughout history that um, they're, they're most likely gay. They just don't, or lesbian, that people just don't want to admit it. They don't want to talk about it. Eleanor Roosevelt was another yeah. one. And, you know, I wasn't Socrates. I thought Socrates was, too
3: i don't I'm not sure about Socrates, but they're really it's amazing how many more stories there are and kind of I look at Lincoln and Speed as like a way to crack that facade of history and sort of let all this diverse light from history shine through and that's what I get so excited about is that this is this is a tool to make us all recognize that wow, history is not as uh, heteronormative as we've been taught. And, right. Or or just about men. There are amazing stories of diversity in and important people in history. And we need to to dig deeper and not just accept what these textbooks are telling us is, is important about history. So I love that aspect of it.
1: Now you don't have to say who you patterned the talk show host after, but he must have been patterned on someone. <laughs>
3: there's a very conservative talk show host that sort of leads the leads the With, conservative backlash. And um yeah, I think that He was many... such a
1: nasty guy. I mean, he was so cruel and so intolerant and
3: It was interesting. I had some early readers sort of tell me, "Lee, you know, the backlash that the Wyatt experiences is feels too much. It, this would never happen in real life." And now as real life has gone uh, our our world has become more and more sort of uh, right. conservative, and 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 there is this sort of uh, anti-gay uh, foment happening in our culture. Uh, I feel like hmm, did I go far enough <laughs> because right. I wanted it to really, you know, I wanted the character to really face hardship, and and you know that's the that's the challenge, right? We love our characters, but we have to make them go through, uh, you know, uh, challenges for it to feel like a satisfying story when they come out at the end and it's a uh, you know with uh, with some sense of hope and that's really what I tried to do.
1: So how is the book being received by especially young people teens because again you made Wyatt 15 years old and he actually comes out at 15 is there a certain age that um that people that in your experience that have found that they really felt that they were gay because like you said you waited until your 20s and it must have been really hard to hide who you authentically were and i've always found it so interesting you know i don't walk into a room and say i'm heterosexual i mean why should anybody have to always be pronouncing what their sexual orientation is why why can't we just all be people
3: yeah, I think we 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 can all be people, but the assumption, kind of, went, the assumption, the default assumption is always that people are straight, and so um, like uh, my husband and I, we have we've been together twenty one years. We have a teenage daughter, and when our daughter was born, and I was like, we moved to a new neighborhood, and I was with our daughter in the supermarket, and someone was like, "Oh, mom's day off," and it's oh. like, "Oh, no." Uh, yeah. you know and, and it's like okay well now do i out myself to the bagger at the at the at the supermarket and i just did i just it's it's a constant thing because you're you're you don't want to let it pass because if you do um, then you're sort of letting you're, that person think right, that the in, whole world is straight right. and and you want you want to be an agent for change, but you also have to make sure you' you're in a safe situation. And I think that that question of like you know at what age are people coming out? it really varies. It's all about someone feeling safe and you know it shouldn't necessarily be done on anybody else's timeline. The exception to that being if someone is a, a politician and they are, fomenting hatred against lgbtq people and they themselves are secretly gay then right. you know i think they can be outed because their that hypocrisy is that, is very toxic and yeah
1: i was going to just say that to me the hypocrisy is poison and i think there's a lot of people out there that are living um a very on authentic life and they're they're living in the closet because they think that's the way they're supposed to be, and they're being, you know, cruel. I kept thinking that about your talk show host. You know, why was he so? Maybe he was closeted, you know? mm. <laughs> so I he was that, trying to prevent something.
3: Yeah, I think it's an easy thing to other other. You know, it, it's almost like the, the, that that um, the othering of of people to create this sense of you being superior by them being inferior is terrible math. And, and it, it presumes that there's a zero-sum game at, at foot, right? That, that somebody else has to be down so you can be up. But, but a rising tide lifts all boats, and can't we use different nice. metaphors to, to create a better kind of world? And really, I mean, what, I've never understood the thing about, like, gay marriage. Like, why would my marriage to my husband, uh, or you know, the, the man I've lived with for 21 years— how would that impact somebody else's marriage?
1: Exactly. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, like, it, it just but, seems know, like,
3: so odd. Like divorce, odd. I think, it, it, it has an impact on, you know, um, on you know Elvis, Elvis impersonators marrying people in Vegas has a bigger impact on on the value of marriage uh, than, you know, a long-term committed relationship between two men or two women. I, I just have never gotten that. But I think sometimes it's also like people want to have Things that other people don't have access to, and I feel like that's a that's not the kindest uh, impulse. I think that you know, there's there's lots of good to go around, and we don't have to be so parsimonious about it.
1: Well, you know, my daughter has always said you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle to make yours blow, uh, shine brighter. Nice and. And I have always lived by that. I mean, I guess that's the way we brought her up. But I always feel, you know, we don't have to overshadow anyone. We don't have to break. We don't have to judge. If we could all just know that we all bleed red. (laughs) We're all humans in training. And we all have something to offer. And just as you said, being in a committed relationship is powerful. And it's important for society to acknowledge it doesn't matter uh, what what that looks like on the outside. I think that's the key is that you know love is love is love so but the more love we can have in the world the better it is so how are you feeling now that queer is a $5 bill has actually been published and's out there and people are buying it and reading it are you able to take a a big breath or i do know that the the hard part <laughs> the hard part is happening because once you have a book you have to promote it forever but how do you feel
3: I'm very excited for for a book to have for, for my book to have readers finally that's yes. so exciting and because there's this expression that a work of art isn't complete until it's been witnessed so a book isn't really complete until it's been read. And the idea that now it's going to start getting out into the hands of teens and also adults. I think I have a lot of adults that read my blog for their inner teens. <laughs> and uh, yes. the idea that it is going to get out there and, you know, who knows if if, if life will imitate art, will this idea that uh, this true bit of history that sparked this book actually become a cultural conversation about why do we hide Uh, this history from kids. Like there are 126 love sonnets that Shakespeare wrote to another guy, but nobody ever teaches that to kids. We only teach them Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet Mm -hmm. and Midsummer Night's Dream, but nobody ever talks about the sonnets, you know, Um, or Eleanor Roosevelt and Lorena Hickok or uh, Jane Addams and, and Mary Rosett Smith. I mean, there are so many amazing stories. There's a pharaoh in Egypt who over the course of 22 years, changed their gender. Uh, it's the most amazing thing. Amazing and for story. And, yeah, and for somebody that is gender, um, you know, gender variant or someone who is transgender. I mean, what a transformative experience to realize that. Oh my gosh, trans people didn't just start like a hundred years ago or with Christine Jorgensen changing her gender famously. It, it, it goes back thousands of years, um, and and I think that that gets very exciting. So I'm excited for this sort of facade. Of history to crack open and all this light to shine through and and I'm excited that I feel like now with this book being published there's another light on in my lighthouse and, and people
1: are, are you people are lighting the way I Hi. think you're lighting the way for others and people can judge for themselves you know they can read the book they can read the resources and then they can make their own informed decision but boy I'll tell you the the facts are I should say um, there's definitely a lot of information out there. All you have to do is Google it away. So what if you knew a secret from history that could change the world? I do think that this is uh, one of those that could really change the world because Abraham Lincoln was such a revered and great man. And what difference would it make for people today in the LGBTQ community if they had somebody that was put forth that hey he was so great. He's on Mount Rushmore. So why are we being persecuted, right? Why? It's, let's let's open that conversation. Well, Lee, it's a wonderful book. Uh, I think the cover is so much fun, too. And I want everyone to go to the website leewind.org because there you can read, uh, find his blog, I'm here, I'm queer, what the hell do I read, plus lots of other information. Or do you want people to go also to leewindbook.com?
3: Sure, that's very easy. They can get a copy of themselves. That's
1: easy. So if you just want to get a copy of the book, leewindbook.com. Lee, why don't you wrap it up with whatever you would like to say and leave that last bit of the light uh, to our listeners.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, Cynthia, I I have to say that I'm so grateful to be able to share with your audience because I really do feel like stories can, can open us up and can help us see the connections we have with other people. And um, when I was saying earlier about fiction sometimes feeling more real, more emotionally true, um, I, if people can read these stories and sort of fall in love with these characters, and then recognize that they, okay, they're different than them, but there's there's similarities as well. They say that books can be a window and a mirror, and uh, or a sliding glass door into another world. And I hope that uh, there are LGBTQ teens that see this, that read this book, and find mirrors for themselves. I hope that there are allies that view it as, as a window, and I hope that for everyone, this cracking open the facade of history and letting all this light shine through is a sliding door that we can all walk through to recognize that we can dig deeper and, and hear more of the diverse stories from history, because they are worth hearing.
1: That is so beautifully said. Lee Wind, Leewind.org. Yes, it's very important. We need to open our minds and we need to embrace diversity. So please do that. Visit Lee Wind Book. Dot com books LeeWynnBooks.com to get a copy, or you can find out everything about Lee Wind and get the books at LeeWind.org. Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and I look forward to uh, Queer is a $5 Bill Part 2, and we'll be finding out what will be the next story that you're going to be writing. I, I imagine you're already thinking of other stories.
3: Well, actually, the next book that's going to come out is going to be the nonfiction, I hope. So, uh, because that has it, it still has life to it. And I think yes. that I want that up next. So, that
1: sounds, it sounds like a good one. That sounds like a really good one. So, leewin.org. Thank you, Lee, for being a guest here on Star Style. Be the star you are. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live. This is the Voice America Network, the empowerment channel. And I know you were empowered by this conversation. Don't go away. Stay with me i'll be back in a bit and we have another segment coming
0: up
2: change your world change your life voice america empowerment.com business bites here's cynthia bryan
1: you're a one-person entrepreneur or an employee in a large company or a huge corporation, the annual ritual of creating a budget is critical to your business success. Statistics show that only one in ten small businesses actually work with any type of budget, and even fewer find the time to review and revise their projected budgets regularly. An accurate, focused, detailed budget is a key strategic tool for anyone. Budgets enable you to project cash flow, allocate funds for strategic decisions, and forecast end results. Budgets should be flexible and adjustable, enabling a business to meet projections. They're like a roadmap. It'll help you get to where you want to go, unless you're willing to get completely lost. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, Be the star
0: you us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryant now back to the power party well,
1: i am back with you and i hope you enjoyed the conversation with lee Wynn. he's so passionate And he is a really excellent writer. And the book, Queer is a $5 Bill, is definitely a a fast read and extremely well worth uh, picking up and buying and putting it on your bookshelf. I think it's a powerful tool for anyone. So capital gains, let's talk about how property experts are saying that home upgrades can really help sellers get the maximum price, and it's um, it, it's a you know always it's a prime time to be selling your home because there's a skyrocketing demand right now for real estate, and most sellers are actually getting top dollar for their properties. Some properties are actually seeing a increase of eighteen to twenty percent since uh, the last few years. So it gets a little bit trickier if you're trying to sell it, obviously, as is, or if you haven't done any fixing up, if you haven't done any renovations. So there are some simple things that you can do that would get you more money if you're trying to sell your house and move to another market. So the state of repairs, before putting a house on the market, you definitely want to fix anything that doesn't work properly, and that means anything from roof leaks to dry rot and other behind-the-scenes issues. You want to make sure the plumbing is updated if there's a problem, and that all electrical has been addressed because those are the things that scare buyers away. So, and you know, unless you're going to lower the price of your house a huge amount, you want to fix it up as much as possible. The kitchen. Now, all experts have agreed that the most important room to update is the kitchen. Now, many people, you wouldn't may not have the budget for a complete overhaul because, you know, people may buy your house and they want to come in and maybe they want to do it, but you could focus on countertops. You could put in some stone or do something that is more contemporary and maybe do something on the cabinets to make it look better. Now, if you've already have a high quality hardwood cabinets, it's probably more economical to just change the knobs and pulls and don't replace the cabinets completely. The floors, everybody wants hardwood floors these days. It's a current trend and it is the planks that people are really looking for. They're not looking for the fake wood or the linoleum. They really would like to have hardwood floors. Now, there are laminates that um, look like real wood, but they're not going to be quite as valued. Curb appeal. Uh, buyers want a house that photographs well, right? So, if you can encourage sellers to do a nice paint job on the front of the house, and if you're selling your house a paint job in and out will really do it, and a little bit of at least front yard landscaping. It's going to go a long way to helping your house sell. And you know, it could be just as as important to um, paint the front door, for example, and clean it up, get rid of the cobwebs. Those cosmetic touches really do count. They're small details. You know, just having maybe a couple of New light fixtures so that the house looks light and airy. And um, as I said, with the exterior paint, a lot of people are going to want to buy a house and then come in and do stuff themselves. So you don't want to spend a fortune, but you do want to make sure to keep the house clean and to have it look as pretty as possible. So find a professional you trust. That can help you with some of these details. And then, you know, design, make a plan before you start. And hopefully you're going to be able to sell your house for the maximum amount of money. And as a buyer, if you're looking for a house that is a fixer-upper, then you'll be able to to, uh, negotiate a little bit better. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every Wednesday. Stay tuned here from four to five p.m. Pacific on Voice America Network, the empowerment channel for Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I want to help you change your life, open your mind, and make your dreams come true. For more information about Be the Star You Are or to make a donation, please go to be the star you are org. We really embrace all diversity, and we are trying to make this a better world. For information about coaching or any of my books, visit CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate this second in your life. And read a book this week, Pick Up Queer as a $5 Bill, I think that you will really enjoy it by Lee Wind. Remember, you are the greatest, you are the best, that life is not a test. You've already won the race. So go and get what you want out of life. And until we celebrate next week, remember this, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Make it a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And we'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for joining me. Be
0: the star you are. The star you are.